welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast, a place of healing and transformation in your relationship with your body, food, and fitness. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury. I'm an intuitive healer and coach and founder of our Confident Feminine Body Program, where I help women build their self-worth from the inside out, free their voice, and love the sexy skin they're in without diets, deprivation, and self-sacrifice. Think of this podcast as your empowering and fun self-love guide, where you'll get real-time advice and tangible tools as we navigate this body and food freedom journey together. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast. Today, I am interviewing Jennifer Prestwich, who is a graduate of my 12-week Confident Feminine Body Program, and she's also working with me currently in my six-month self-worth mastermind program. And I absolutely adore Jennifer. I am in admiration of her. It's been such an honor to watch her grow. So today she's going to be sharing with you a little bit her story and with the intention that it will serve you, it will inspire you, and it will help you to know what is possible in your life. So Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. So Jennifer, let's rewind all the way back to before you came into the Confident Feminine Body Program. And can you kind of paint a picture for us as to what you were struggling with, where you were at in your life, and kind of you know how you entered into the program? Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the things that, um, that people should know about me is that I have a mom who has dementia and she was actually diagnosed nine years ago now, but she, in the last few years has just been getting exponentially worse. Um, she just turned 79. So she was diagnosed right around the time she turned 70 and, uh, probably over the past year or two, I really just became very acutely aware that my mom was not managing her own life. Um, she was, hadn't been managing her finances, but she was really not even managing her activities of daily living. And so I, I, I knew I had to do something, but in undertaking that role or trying to explore that a little bit further, I, I lost a lot of myself. I was very, was constantly worried, constantly focused on others, um, constantly trying to make everything okay, even though I kind of knew it wasn't okay. You know, there were some things that are just never going to be okay. Um, And I was not really emotionally ready to take it on, but I had no choice. Uh, so I, I really got to the point where I was very mired in, in other people's needs and was really just not taking care of my own needs. And I wasn't having, every day was a struggle. Um, you know, there was a, what struggle is going to be today, you know, and I wasn't having fun. I wasn't me anymore is how it felt. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause you were taking care of someone else and you had kind of gotten lost in that. And 
Yeah. I remember you coming in and saying that you really wanted to get your mojo back and get reconnected with yourself again. And so I'm curious what made you decide to work with me? And I will say to everyone, so Jennifer and I did know each other. We live in the same neighborhood and, but it's not like we saw each other all the time or anything like that. So I would love Jennifer for you to share, you know, what made you want to come into the confident feminine body program? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been seeing your, your social posts on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and, and watching your fun videos of dancing and walking and, and whatnot. And it was, it was funny because I was just very attracted to like, what's Elizabeth doing? You know, what is this? And I have to admit that, that this is through no fault of yours. Seeing that it was called the confident feminine body program. I was like, I don't need a diet and exercise program, which you never even put it out there like that at all. But that was what was in my brain. But I kept being just attracted to what you were doing. And I was like, this is not about, you know, having a quarter cup of almonds for breakfast. This is (laughs) something else entirely. Uh, And then I ran into you when you were on a walk. It's, It's funny. I don't know if I ever told you this. I was thinking about you when I saw you walking. And what? yeah. Okay. Tell me that's not divine timing. That's amazing. Seriously. And it, it was, it, the more I kept seeing you, the more I was like, what is she actually doing? And then I saw you walking and I was like, Hey, <laughs> what are you doing? What is this thing? And so that's kind of how it, it got started that I was just, there was just something about the light in your eyes and kind of the glow that you were emanating to get all airy fairy about it, of course. But um, then I was like, I just, I want to know more about this. Uh, so then you said, Hey, why don't we, why don't we just have like a one-on-one talk for like an hour? And, you know, I can tell you what it is I'm doing. And, and that's, that's how it all started. But one of the things that uh, I, and I don't know if I, I, I hope I told you this already, but you and I were talking and I was just vomiting my story all over you. <laughs> And going on and on. And I know that you'll remember this part that every time I started down a thread, I, 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 it was like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. I was going back and forth on other people, other stories. And, and you just stopped me and you said, Jennifer, you are leaking energy all over the place. Yes. And yeah, I just immediately right there, I, I did. I stopped. And the first thing that popped into my head was, she sees me. Wow. Wow. And how did it feel to be seen by someone? It was a relief. It was, it it filled my heart and it just, it, it, it felt like, like, okay, I can let that breath out now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, you'd been caring so much and it can feel so isolating and to have someone really see you and hold space for you to share your story too. Yeah. I remember that initial call with you being very, very powerful. And, you know, it's not uncommon when I do those um, breakthrough calls with people where I ask them questions about themselves and they start to answer the question by talking about another person 
And I always try to get them to come back. And I think it highlights what you were experiencing and what I think so many women and people can relate to, which is just, we get so caught up in taking care of others, whether that's our choice or not. And we start to lose ourselves. And so it can be really healing just to even be seen by someone. So I'm so happy that I was able to see you and that you were able to trust me to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's, it is interesting because as women, so many of us share the same kind of struggles of being a caregiver, even if it's only the caregiver of our group of friends, you know, it can be, it can be the caregiver of anything. And I feel like there has, for me, there has not necessarily been a space where I could feel like, Hey, I get it. We all do this. Yes. Yes. And so do you feel like being in the program has, has given you that sense of sisterhood and community knowing that you're not alone? Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. That is so awesome. And yeah, I, I feel that's definitely one of my intentions of the program is just so many of us feel isolated and alone. And it's, it's so, it's always crazy to me in our group calls each week, how we're all, you know, living our lives. Everyone has different things going on or different situations or even different goals, but it's amazing. Some of the threads that come up as we move through the weeks and how we all have these similar, similar things that bubble up. And that's also where I feel like I'm so blessed to do this work because I always talk about divine timing and our intuition and all of that. And being a coach and holding space for other women, it's so easy to see those threads and to see how we are so interconnected and in our struggles, in our, in our wins and, and all of that. So let's get into, can you share with us some of the challenges or hurdles that you had to work through in the program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things about being, being a caregiver for an adult, for a parent, especially, is that there are all of these all of these historical patterns and stories that come from growing up, come from your family, come from, you know, if you have siblings, whatnot. And so when it comes to, um, so one of the things kind of an aside, um, just to kind of put a little bit more context into it, I have full legal guardianship and conservatorship of my mom which means I am the one who is responsible for all of her financial decisions, all of her health decisions. And I am the only one who can say yes or say no at this point legally. So that was a big eye opener for siblings, for example. And as I was going through this, everybody has an opinion of or picture of what they think it looks like what it should look like. You should just do this. And so I really had to, as kind of traditionally sort of a peacekeeper trying to make everybody happy in my sort of familial growing up life, um, 
I, uh, I realized that I had to set some hard boundaries. You know, I had to say no. I had to boot people out of certain situations that would really be uncomfortable for me. But it was necessary. It was required. And that, that's hard. That's really hard. Yeah, we do so much work around boundary setting and together because it is, it can be exceptionally uncomfortable. And these situations are so complex, right? It's not just a simple black and white situation. There's all the gray area and there's all these different people and personalities. And I remember, I remember toward the beginning of the program, you had, I remember feeling like you were kind of being ping ponged around by everyone else's energy because you had so much on your shoulders, right? You had your mom and then your brother and then your other brother. And then, you know, all of these people, you know, reaching out to the lawyers and just all of, all of the people that, that you deal with on a day-to-day basis as in your role of guardian, being a guardian and, and having that responsibility. And I remember in the beginning there was a sense that you felt like you were kind of at the whim of other people. Like you would get a text and you're like, I have to respond and, or I get a phone call and and you'd be like, Oh, I have to call him back. And so I, can you share with everybody kind of how, how we worked through that and how you were able to shift that? Cause I think that's us, the texting, the, the phone calls is a small example, but I think it's such a great tangible example of how you, how I witnessed you start to really protect your energy and set some boundaries. Yes, it's true. We live in such an instant society right now that you can just, you can just blast texts of whatever thought you're thinking. And it's, there it is. It's in front of the person. And now here's the thing that I, I realized I take my crappy comment or my thought or my whatever you know, if you're in the moment and you're feeling hurt or upset by something, you shoot it off to somebody else and it's gone for you. But now that person has to look at it and deal with it. And it's not like when you're side by side and you can do a little, or if you're talking or arguing, you can do a little aside, like, yeah, that's, you know, that's what you always say or something like that, where it can just kind of be forgotten. Now you have to look at it. <laughs> And I realized that I could glance at it, but I don't have to look at it. I don't have to take it on when it comes to a text. When it comes to a phone call, I don't have to answer it. We all have voicemail. I don't need to deal with it right this second when I'm not equipped or prepared to deal with it. Yes, I remember that. I remember you had a breakthrough where you, because you care. And again, it's like, we do these things because we care so deeply. And so you would get a voicemail of a sibling feeling upset and you would feel that initial constriction of, I need to call this person back right away. And I remember one of the things that we, it was like giving yourself permission to take a pause and remember that this is your life and it's your choice. And you get to take your power back by deciding when it's appropriate for you to call that person back, if ever. And I remember as you started to do that more, like what, what did you 
you notice when you started to kind of set those boundaries and, and give yourself permission to not respond or to sort of calm down. And then, then you can actually have a response versus a reaction. Right. Right. Well, one of the things about the dynamics of, of, of a sibling having the opinion, having their own, their own stories uh, is that you, you can very easily fall into that back and forth bickering. And I realized that I could be sent a text, another one, another one, another one. And if I just flat out didn't answer, there was one, one time in particular that it was all like anger and ire and, and I just didn't respond. And then, and then there was the realization from, from them that, okay, you're right. We need to do it this way. And I just learned that we all need to get there. And sometimes we want to pull somebody down with us and it's something that we individually need to learn to manage. It's way too easy to bicker back and forth, but it's not, it's not fun. It's not helpful. Yeah. And when you, and then when you kind of take the bait and you fall into that trap, then you're, you know, you're back in that giving away your energy and feeling like you're not like your life is running you and you're not running your life anymore. And so what I got to see you do is just be much more intentional about who you were going to talk to, when you were going to respond, what you were going to say. And I remember too, watching you and coaching you through really getting clear on what it was that you needed from the other person. Cause I remember that was a big piece is it's hard to set a boundary if you're not clear on what it is that you need. And so maybe you could actually share the, the grocery example. <laughs> yeah. I, if you're comfortable, don't feel like you have to, but I feel like that was a recent thing where yeah. it was really frustrating and you were feeling resentful and you're feeling burned out. And then you got really clear on this is where a boundary has to be set. Mm-hmm. So can you share that. Mm-hmm. One of the really interesting thing, uh, things about boundaries is that sometimes they can be like, like when you're little and you have your Lincoln logs and you're building a little fence and then somebody comes up and doesn't even look at it and just goes right through the fence. And you're like, no, that's my fence. (laughs) Sometimes you have to rebuild the fence. Sometimes you have to, you have to reconstruct the boundary a little bit and, you know, make it a little bit, a little bit tougher and then let people know it's there. (laughs) Uh, So the grocery thing. So my, my mom doesn't drive. She hasn't driven for several years, which is, is good. Um, but I am responsible for making sure that she has groceries, however that looks. Sometimes order online, et cetera. Well, it started getting to a place where for various reasons, she has two different caregiving companies and they will write things down on slips of paper, groceries my mom needs. And there'll be multiple slips of paper sometimes, different lists from different people. And then it got to a point where they were taking a photo of the list and texting it to me. And I've been going to the grocery store like every two days it feels like. And then I didn't even have groceries for my own family. (laughs) And 
it doesn't make sense to, if I knew there was a big grocery run, I could have it delivered, but it's not sustainable to, you know, every day when she needs one more thing <laughs> to have groceries delivered. It's ridiculous. And it was just really weighing on me. And I finally was, I, I was complaining about it. Admittedly, I was complaining about it a lot. And it was my husband who said this weekend, I was like, oh my God, the grocery thing again. And he's like, no, no more. Sunday's grocery day, that's it. You tell them when grocery day is. And if it doesn't get there that day, it's not coming for a week. Ding. <laughs> so then I emailed every, you know, the, the responsible parties of the caregiving companies and just said, listen, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to make a master grocery list. I am going to laminate it and put it on the fridge. There's a dry erase marker. You mark things. And once a week, there'll be groceries. And I didn't hear anything back for a little while. And then last night, I heard back, great idea. I'll pass it on to the team. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, and it's those things, though. It's it's those things that are reoccurring thoughts. They're the things that you were actually needing to go to the grocery store over and over. And how disruptive is that to your life? You're, you work full-time. You have your own home. You have your own family. Right. And so... Yeah, it's getting clear on this is not working for me. I don't, the, you know, and then being able to come up with a new solution and communicate it effectively to other people and being okay with knowing that maybe the, they, are, they won't be excited about it or they will or they'll have their own opinion. And I think, I think that was something that I've seen you work through too is just knowing that it's not worth the cost to you, you know, like sometimes we don't set boundaries because we're so afraid or what are people going to think? Or, you know, are they going to be offended or is this going to inconvenience them? But it always, we have to remember like, what is this costing us? And then it coming back into, well, I, I have value here too. Right. I, and Jennifer, for you to be the best caregiver to your mom, you can't be running to the grocery store every other day. You're not going to be your best in that scenario. So I love that you, that you work through that. And I guess what I want to, what I want to kind of shift into is because we're talking a lot about the struggle of being a caretaker and taking care of your mom and, and that relationship changing too. But I'm curious what you can share about what you have just personally um, experienced in this program in terms of just your personal growth, in terms of your connection to yourself, your body, your intuition. You know, I know we talked a lot about boundaries, but any kind of anything else that you want to share in that regard that this program has supported you in? Yes, absolutely. So to kind of go back to the, the, you know, my, my preconceived notion of what I thought the program might be, uh, what I learned is that it's, it's about the mind, body, heart connection. I think that's probably the best way that I, I can describe it, uh, which is, I, I think that's, 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 that's what it's all about is being able to sustain 
your own emotional health. <laughs> and, and, it's, and, and that will relate to your body health. I'm going to tell a little story that I think will be a good example of it. You and I have talked about this before. I am a runner. I love to run, but I was running in a really unhealthy way. And I was, I was tired. I was trying to push toward something. I'm not even sure what, and something that happened uh, a, a while back, it's over a year ago, but I was in this place where I just wasn't, um, I wasn't connected. And so I went for a run and I broke my foot. And I think that I, I honestly think that it was, I was pushing too hard. I was tired. I was not respecting myself, my body, et cetera. And I think my body just said, that's enough. If you won't rest, I'm going to make you rest. And now I can go for the run and I don't have to try and I don't have to try and um, do that, that speed and those hills and whatever that I did 20 years ago. And I can enjoy a nice, I, I can go on a nice long run that can be, you know, a couple of minutes slower than I always used to because I'm doing it for my own enjoyment and my own health. That is such a huge celebration. And that is, yeah, I'm so proud of you because that reframe and just reframing your relationship with fitness is such a game changer. It's such a game changer. And it really does set us up for sustainability as we age, as our bodies age, because I feel like so many people, it's like they put that pressure on themselves to perform like they did 20 years ago. And then they feel that shame failure, and then they just give up. And so it's like, what would change? I think you know, so much of what we talk about in the program too, is just your why behind you, behind why you do things. So I, yes, Jennifer, I've seen that with you too, where you are, you're just more in tune with your body. Like you're honoring your body more, whether that's, you do want to go for a run or you do want to go for a nice long walk, or maybe you want to take a nap or you want to read your book. And I just think it's really beautiful. And we were just talking about this in a coaching call this week is that every time we can actually get the message from our bodies, because it's one thing you have to obviously receive the message, listen, mm -hmm. but it's the next step is actually honoring it and taking the nap or running a little bit slower that day, because you can tell your body's a little bit off and you don't want to get injured. And I think that is so huge. And it's, it's not just taking care of the physical body, but it's honoring our mental, emotional state and knowing that we are not these creatures that are going to be the same every day. And that's okay. You know, it's like honoring that we can have the variable energy in the day and, and we can have days where we have tons of energy and we want to do that really quick run, but there could be a day that a really slow walk in nature is actually going to serve your body more. And so Jennifer, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's, that is a huge, I think a lot of people do when they think confident feminine body program, they're thinking like, I'm, you know, it's, I'm going to have to cut back on this or on my food, or I'm going to have to work out 10 times harder. And that is so the opposite of what we do here. Right. It's 
we don't, I don't encourage any restriction or deprivation at all because that inevitably will swing the pendulum in the other direction. In this program, I really try to work with people in creating sustainable and pleasurable habits. And, and it really isn't, yes, the habits are part of it, but it's really just how we're relating to our thoughts. And I love how you said that mind, body, heart connection, and just diving deeper into your own body's wisdom. Yeah. It's, it's something that I, that I I think we all internalize different ways. The, the, the way that everything around us as we're growing up tells us how we are supposed to be. And a lot of that is physical. And if you can tap into there's the physical, but it is, it's the heart and mind that is, is it makes it sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some ways that you feel like you are inviting more fun and play into your life? And not that there's a final destination for this. I think we all are wanting to call that in more, but will you share just any ways that you feel like you've tapped into that in terms of allowing yourself to to play and, and just be more you? I think that a lot of it has to do with no. So this is again, boundary setting, but knowing when to say yes and knowing when to say no is a big part of it. And also the whole having fun, there's no right way to have fun. And yeah, you know, and it's so, (laughs) I, I remember that like one of these things that hit me and I, I told you at the time is there was this little boy in front of the store who had, you know, discovered potty words. <laughs> he wasn't, he must've been two. He wasn't swearing. He was, but he was like, and, and there was his dad, like you could tell his dad's like, yes, yes, honey, that's right. Yes. Everybody has one of those. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he had the biggest grin on his face and I just started laughing so hard. And I, every time I think of that little joyous face, something so simple, it's like, yeah, like the simplest things are fun. You don't have to go skydiving to have fun. You can, you know. Yeah. You find joy in the everyday. You were, I remember you sharing that story at a coaching call that you were just crying laughing because it was so funny to you. And I think what's so beautiful about that is when we're in those places, like you notice that, like you are so in tune with your environment and you notice that, and you can be in a place of lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when we're carrying around so much weight of caring for others and caring for ourselves and caring for our homes, it's so easy for us to get bogged down in all of the shoulds. You know, we talk about that all the time, all the shoulds, the shoulds, the shoulds. Uh huh. And so I love that you notice a little boy with his potty words. I'm surprised that wasn't my son. He has a lot of potty words to share. So anytime you need more potty words, I'll send him down. Okay, perfect. I'll drop on by. (laughs) But, um, and I also remember you, I remember casually you mentioning on a coaching call, you're like, and I'm playing the flute. And I'm like, what? You play the flute? (laughs) And I love that. I love that. And to your point though, it's like, 
we, I love how you brought up the idea of the expectation of what is fun because right away you might think, well, well, what's fun to me might not be fun to you, or it might seem boring to you or small to you, but this is fun to me. And again, it's like, we do a lot of work on unlearning that comparison trap because as we know, comparison is a thief of joy and it, and it doesn't help us to live in our experience. It doesn't allow us to have our own experience. It's, it's, it takes that away because we're always comparing ourselves to others. So I love that you brought that up because in, in terms of finding play, because it's, it's all relative and it's also personal. There's no one right way uh, of doing it. It's so true. It's I, you're right. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I just had like tears. Like this is so funny. And it's it's yes. I mean, anybody's idea of fun can. It, 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 there's no. There's no one supposed to. This is supposed to be fun. And you know what? Folding your laundry is not fun. Well, maybe it's kind of fun for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can oh catch up on a podcast and I can, or I can, you know, whatever it might be, something that, that one person thinks is, is a royal pain. You know, you can wash the dishes and be like, do, 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 and let your mind wander. You know, it doesn't have to be a, I don't even know what a roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, what I'm hearing you say is we don't need to put so much pressure on ourselves of what it's supposed to look like. It can just, mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's enough to just call it in, to just say, like, you could have your day planned as, as it normally would be, but you could even bring in that playful, fun energy into it, you know, like the energy you were in to be able to witness that little boy saying the potty words and just thinking that was hilarious, you know? So I love that. So Jennifer, I think what I want to do, because we're still working together and I do think it would really serve other people. Can you share what, however much you're comfortable in terms of what are you working on now? Like, cause you, you know, you've shared a lot of your wins, but like, what is your next level within yourself and how you're operating in the world? What I really want to do is get to a, what I'm striving to do is get to a space where I don't feel emotionally responsible for others, for anyone else, but myself. I have come to the realization and, and I, I actually wrote this down one time that I, I'm not responsible for what other people think of me for how they react to what I'm doing or for their happiness. As long as I know that what I'm doing is the right thing to do and I'm coming from a place of love and caring, I'm only responsible for my own happiness. And I don't need to bury myself, my decisions to try and appease someone else. And I think that that's something that's going to be, it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing that you have to remind yourself of. You don't get to a finish line with that. I love that you just said that because I've seen you make so much growth in that regard, but it's also, it is a never, there's no, there's no finish line. It is just the work of our lives. And 
the work on our mindset is a continual work. It's, it's, it's not like you, you master your mindset and you're done and you just never have to think about it again. Right. Right. And so I love that. Yeah. Like knowing where your energy ends and the other person's energy begins and that what is your responsibility? What is their responsibility? And I know it's, it's a lot of us can intellectualize that. Like I, I can't control if you're happy or not. That's your job. Like, you know, you can tell yourself that intellectually, but it is, it's like embodying that and then being okay or allowing the discomfort of when someone isn't happy and, you know, and if you've lived so much of your life with, you know, gauging the temperature of the room and really trying to, trying to make others happy and trying to get there, you know, a lot of times, of course, when we do that, it's like, we're, we're trying to get approval. We're trying to get praise. We're trying to get attention. We're trying to get love. We want to, you know, it all comes back to like that worthiness wound of, am I worthy? And so, yeah, Jennifer, that's, I agree. I feel like that's, that's the continual work that we're going to continue to do is how this shows up in the architecture of your life in, in caring for your mom and going through this next big transition that you're going through with moving into an assisted living and, and all the stuff that that's bringing up and life will never stop giving us opportunities to, to relearn these lessons and practice them. Right. True. Absolutely true. And I think the thing that we need to keep reminding ourselves of too, that I, I mean, I, I just, as, as you were talking, I, I realized that it's just because you share emotion and, and love with somebody again, doesn't mean you're responsible for how they feel. And you can, you can care for somebody and be compassionate and still hold to what you've decided it's not about telling them to bugger off. It's, you know, it's about, it's about learning how to interact and interweave that with your own boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. And this analogy keeps coming up in my brain. So I feel called to share it and I don't think I've said it in this way before. So we'll see how it comes out, but I'm just going to roll with this. I, I don't question these in, intuitive nudges. So when you were talking about like stepping into your light and what lights you up, I had this analogy of a lot of times what happens is we dim our light because we're trying to make others happy or we're trying to appease the crowd. But think about it in this way. When you dim your light, what happens? There's more darkness. There's more shadow. And so what come, what happens is actually when you don't dim your light and when you can shine it bright and you can be too much, or you can say what you're thinking, or, you know, just be you and you're shining that light so bright, what happens? The whole room lights up. Mm -hmm. Everyone around you will feel that. And they're going to have their own experience with it. But I almost feel like this is bringing this, this interview full circle because you, I think it's very fascinating that you were 
magnetized to me. And that was like an energy, right? Because it was, and and that just proves this point of when you are shining your light and you're walking in your truth and you're walking from that place of alignment in yourself, you are going to magnetize people to you, the the friendships, the coworkers, the clients, the partners, whatever it is. And I really believe that. And so I think that analogy of the, the light and the shadow went pretty well. What do you think? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit it. So Jennifer, if someone is considering joining our 12 week confident feminine body program, what would you say to them? Because I know this kind of thing can feel a little scary and doing the inner work is not always easy, but if someone is interested and they're feeling a little bit hesitant, what would you say to them? And would you recommend the program? I would say a hundred percent. Yes. And I would say if you, if you are at all curious or attracted to it, don't get in your own way because I feel like that is the story that we make up for ourselves that talks us out of the things that in our gut we know to be right. I love that. That is so awesome. Don't get in your own way. Brilliant. (laughs) Jennifer, I am so, so grateful for you sharing your story. And I know that other people are definitely going to see themselves in your story. And I'm such a firm believer that when a woman can be honest and share her story, the others heal from it. So thank you for your bravery and your courage and just being on this personal development journey. Truly you inspire me. And I'm just so honored to be on this journey with you. Thank you. I'm honored. Okay, everybody. Well, we will see you next time. I hope you enjoy your day. And just as a reminder, go out there, shine your light so bright that you blind everybody around you and they got to wear shades. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Elizabeth Marbury, and I want to thank you for listening and hanging out with me today. Join our free community of brave soul sisters who are crushing it on their journey to body love and food freedom by going to confidentfemininebodygroup.com. That's confidentfemininebodygroup.com. And be sure to download my free gift while you're there. I'd also love to hang out with you on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Elizabeth Marbury. I am sending you so much love today and always. See you next time.